Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that normally explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. But this week, we are actually going to do a special episode on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So, to introduce ourselves, I'm Brittany. I'm Chris. And I'm Aaron. What? That's new. (laughs) (laughs) So, Aaron is one of my best friends. He is our first guest on the show. I am so excited to be here. This is great. This studio is as geeky and fantastic as you imagine it to be. (laughs) (laughs) We're literally just in our bedroom. But uh, we thought it would be awesome to have Aaron as a guest on the show. Well, one of many reasons because he's fabulous, but also because we actually all saw the movie together and all pretty much loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. I was very excited, kind of ran out of the theater, like doing my hands like flip, flip, flip. So it was amazing. And I cannot wait to talk about this. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So before we get into talking about this movie itself, we just wanted to start with a little background for ourselves in how we've kind of engaged with the property of Spider-Man in general before. So Chris, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so I've read a, a few Spider-Man comics in my in my time. Just a few? Just a few. Uh, yeah, no, I, I am a huge Spider-Man fan. I grew up reading comics, especially my dad's comics from the 80s, uh, many of which were Spider-Man comics, and, and I've always really loved the character and identified very heavily with them. And with Miles Morales in particular, I, I read through the whole Ultimate Spider-Man run where Brian Michael Bendis created the character, and I thought... That's an amazing run, and he's a great character, and I followed him as he's come into the main Marvel Universe, so I, I was very familiar with the character and had been hoping for years they'd make a Miles Morales movie, for example, when they brought Spider-Man to the MCU, so when they finally did with this movie, I was, I was very, very excited. You're referencing people and things, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, needless to say, I don't have a strong history with Spider-Man. I saw the Tobey Maguire ones. I saw the first Amazing Spider-Man. I saw Homecoming, and then this newest, Into the Spider-Verse. And that's the extent to which (laughs) I have engaged with Spider-Man. Yeah, so for me, growing up, it was very much into the Spider-Man cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoons. That Mm. was what we really watched. We didn't really engage with the comics as much. I read a lot of books about, like, Spider-Man, like, about Stan Lee as an artist and Mm. creating that, um, and, like, kind of the history that went behind that. And then... Uh, lots of Spider-Man games, lots of Spider-Man video <laughs> games, and then Spider-Man just through like the MCU. So watching Tobey Maguire, watching Andrew Garfield in a very different way as a, <laughs> as a grown-up, enjoying that. Also now with Tom Holland, who I think is a fantastic combination of like Spider-Man. But like, yeah, so that's like my background with Spider-Man. And then, yeah, as far as, like, Miles goes, I only kind of knew Miles through Tumblr fan art, Mm -hmm. where, like, they're like, hey, Spider-Man's not just white. And I'm like, what is this? Um, (laughs) But that's basically all I know about Miles is that he was, like, the black teenage Spider-Man. I was like, cool. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of the perfect segue into us just giving a little bit of our own racial background so that you as listeners know where we're coming from. I know we have talked about race in our Harry Potter episode, so Chris and I will just do a brief thing, but I want to hear from Aaron on that too. So, Chris. I'm I'm mixed race, uh, white presenting, but my dad is half Mexican, and so I have part of that as my culture as well. 
I am half Japanese American, half white American, and identify as Hapa. And while I may sound like a teenage Disney star girl, <laughs> I am actually a black guy. And like I have mixed race identities, but I, I was raised as black. So, yep. So, why don't we talk about Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. What were the amazing things? What do we love about it? Let's start with that. Cool. I just loved everything about it. Um, it was fantastic. It was a great jump into the story with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek kind of glibness. The movie starts out where it's kind of like, hey, I'm Peter Parker and like with great power comes great responsibility. And they kind of just like jumped into it and were like, yeah, you know the story. Ha ha ha. Like, you know, I stopped the train with my bare hands, that kind of stuff. And it was mm-hmm. funny because it like acknowledged that as a culture, we've been like overexposed to Spider-Man's mm. origin story. I think the only person on par with Spider-Man's origin story is like literally Wolverine and Jesus. Like we have <laughs> as much a coverage of those three people like equal, right? So so it was good. And then like, of course, they introduced the other spider characters and then they just kind of do it like with this lightning speed, kind of like, yeah, I got bit by a spider and then save the world. Like, you know, like, like we get it. And that was actually really fun and refreshing because it actually allowed us the origin story is interesting because I think you can look at it in two ways, right? Of like, how did they get their powers? And then how did they become the hero? Mm. And mm-hmm. so this story really focused on how did people become the hero or how did they grow as a hero instead of like, how did they get their powers? Which is really cool. So, yeah. mm-hmm. And even with the other verse, Peter Parker, how they kind of lost the hero, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I think that you hit on exactly that that idea of like, you know, the story, you know, they even say that in in the movie, like, you know how this goes and you can play with that, but you can also build on top of that. And I think that that's one of the really awesome things about Miles as a character. Uh, You know, Miles is one of the first of what's kind of become a a more common thing in comics more recently where characters will be reimagined or recast as more representational, right? So Thor was a woman for a little bit and Captain America was the Falcon, so he's a black man. And so, um, Mm. you know, there was, Hulk was a a Korean American. So we had different kinds of representational, uh, new people taking on these characters. And Miles is one of the first ones that happened within the comics. One of the reasons that was able to happen is because it was not in full canon so this is a alternate universe version of spider-man who Mm -hmm. died and then miles took up the the mask and he started becoming spider-man because he was inspired by peter parker spider-man and i like how they they incorporate some of that in the movie but having us start with this line where everyone knows spider-man and how everyone can be inspired by spider-man spider-man and seeing miles's journey of growth into that hero into that inspiration by these spider people around him and the legacy of the spider-man who died i think is really really cool and a great adaptation of that message of someone who takes this this person who for our own society in the real world not only is super well known has had a lot of movies but that idea of great power coming with great responsibility i think is a a powerful cultural idiom and so I think I loved the adaptation of that in this movie and, and expanding that into what does it mean to be a hero and what does it mean to be a spider person and, and what makes you unique within that is it was just delightful. And mm-hmm. cool side note for all of our frog Americans out there, Thor was also a frog. That's true. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Representation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kermit can now watch the Marvel Extended <laughs> Universe and see, see himself. himself. <laughs> yeah, he was he was called the thro- the, the, the the Frog of Thunder, um, and he did he wield the hammer. He did yes. wield the hammer, and it was wow. ridiculous and amazing. Walt Simonson's amazing run in the 1980s of Thor. Wow! Just to put my own Co- credit, comics there. are <laughs> very very interesting space. Yes. Very true. Oh. So, Aaron, what what did it mean for you to see a black Spider-Man on the screen? I mean, it was amazing. I think what's really interesting, what's really neat for me is not actually... Like, when I watched Star Wars, the the newest Star Wars with Finn, right? I was, like, so excited to see Finn because I'm like, holy crap, like a black Jedi. And I think that was kind of the same thing was that, like... it. While it's special to me, it was actually special because of the young kids around me, if mm. that makes sense. Mm. So when I was watching Miles Morales, like, put on his Spider-Man costume that couldn't fit, it looked exactly like my little brother, who also had a Spider-Man costume mm-hmm. that he loved but couldn't fit mm. and would, like, try to, like, fit himself into. And that was just, it was really neat and wonderful. And there's just a different look that comes on children's faces when they see themselves. So, like, you will you can see pictures of kids you know looking at like spider-man and being really excited to go see the spider-man show but like you'll see a kid like a black kid who is watching into the spider-verse and there's just like that like whoa this is me i can be super and that's what's awesome and so seeing that in the crowds and seeing that on twitter that was what was really really cool about Mm -hmm. that and like seeing my family being represented on the screen in that way was just really beautiful and just exciting and it was fun and it just kind of made it it's weird. It's just is a different kind of engagement where you're kind of like being spoken to in a more like direct kind of way. Hmm. Yeah. I also, I thought it was cool because he is multiracial, right? And he primarily in society, people see him and they see black, right? But then you have just that at home touches of his mom being, is it She's Puerto, Puerto Rican? Rican. Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. And having some of those things that, like, for me being multiracial, like, he, he, uh, Miles spoke in Spanish a little bit, but Mm -hmm. he didn't quite have the accent, right, you know? And, like, just those little things that I would relate to, right? Like, there's some words I know in Japanese. Am I going to say it exactly like a Japanese person would? Probably not. And so I, I love, like, even just those little, like, authentic touches, that I really appreciated too. Yeah. And I also appreciated how it, it just kind of flowed in his character. There was mm-hmm. no like spotlight on it. It's literally just as he's walking through his Brooklyn, he's speaking English with some people, he's speaking Spanish with other people. Mm-hmm. And these are both part of who he is and he can flow seamlessly through them. Which is the mm-hmm. very authentic Afro-Latino experience, especially on the East Coast and here on the West Coast as well. But like it is the experience where many people who are from marginalized backgrounds have to code switch and they do have Mm. multiple identities. And it's very rare, except for in white spaces, where they have to be one and where they are only one. Mm. They are all those different things. And so that actually really expresses itself, even with his relationships with his uncle and his father. He's he shows through his relationships that he can have multiple identities, multiple ways to love things, multiple mm-hmm. um, multiplicity, multiple universes. Um, <laughs> right. All the yeah, exactly. Um, which is really neat and I think very reflective of kids nowadays and, and people nowadays that like actually it's like, hey, we are we are multiple things. We are tired students and we are Spider-Man. Totally. 
One of the other things that I really loved was how in certain, um, in certain ways, things that just in a racist society have been stereotyped with black culture in negative ways whether it be like graffiti tagging or like you know kind of street clothes and stuff in this it really celebrated it and showed like the beauty of it and I don't know like his his graffiti art was amazing and like he shared that with his uncle and and like he was so creative in all of it mm-hmm. and but even like the little way he seated his tagging you know like an actual like name tag and like just the creativity there that you got to see in his character whereas if you had just seen this in like some you know average movie that isn't being intentional about things it'd be like oh this person's tagging that means they're a bad kid or something like that you know i, I liked seeing that and then like yeah like even his the way he wears the outfit is different and awesome. So I thought that that was cool. I appreciated that. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was actually a little bit cautious about going into the movie is when mm-hmm. I saw the logo and how it has that you know very graffiti style of art with even the, the kind of paint dripping down. That's not his logo in the comics. And, 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 and from what I remember, at least, he, he doesn't tag in the comics. And so I was like, oh, like, are they just bringing this in as like a trope mm-hmm. of, you know, urban society or whatever it might yeah. be? But I think they did a great job of making it, yeah, very intentional and very much part of his characterization you know like when he is tagging about like expectations when he's supposed to be doing his assignment there like we see how he is rebelling in certain ways from the expectations being placed upon him and his uncle sees that and i think it's a great way where we quickly develop this relationship between him and his uncle Mm -hmm. that is special to him because his uncle gets these issues that he's dealing with that his parents don't seem to and he doesn't have anyone at school to to engage with and so i think that 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 was really well well-used type of characterization. I also think it was a very good um, acknowledgement to New York City and the multiple cultures that live in New York Mm -hmm. City. I think sometimes when we see Spider-Man traditionally with Peter Parker, it's a story about class. So we see like where Uncle Ben and Aunt May live. And then like, of course, you know, then there's like richer areas that he deals with, like with the Osbournes or whatever. Mm. And so Spider-Man is definitely the story about class, but this is the first time that I've seen in Spider-Man stories where it looks at like the intersections of class and race and those sorts of things. If you watch the Netflix show series, The Get Down, they actually look at the two different New Yorks as well um, Hmm. by following a series of black rappers. Hmm. Um, And it's like, they're like a rap group and it's really fun. But also there's a character who's a tagger much like Miles is. And he uses that to explore his gender, his sexuality, and where he fits in the world. And so it was actually really fun and refreshing to see that New York story being done in this this movie again, where you're like, oh, this is really cool. This I've never been to New York, so I can't say, oh, that's super authentic New York. But <laughs> from the people who I know from New York, that that is a part of that culture and the place where they live. And it doesn't always get really reflected in the Spider-Man that we tend to watch like with Peter Parker because he doesn't go into that those parts of New York mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't live in those parts of New York if he does go he's fighting crime and fighting <laughs> right. a bad right but he doesn't like yeah. live and breathe that part of the culture so it was really neat to be able to be thrust into New York in that kind of way yeah absolutely totally. well we've talked a lot about Miles which I mean we should he's amazing um, <laughs> but what about the other spider people in the movie how did how did you you all feel about them um, Chris Pine is dreamy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so, like, having him as the dreamy Peter Parker, I was like, this is great casting. Good job, you guys. <laughs> I loved the main Peter Parker that mm. we kind of deal with because the actor also plays Nick Miller on New Girl mm. and love him. He's hilarious. Very funny. And yeah, I mean, like, everyone was really cool. I think Aunt May kind of stood out like the most to me as far as like supporting characters. I just really Mm. enjoyed her and I really enjoyed Doc Ock being a lady. That was like Mm -hmm. super fun. I just, I really, the dad and the brother story really resonated to me because it kind of, it didn't follow the tropes. I really thought that the uncle was going to kill Miles. Like I just like thought he was Mm. going to be like, I'm just a bad guy and that's what I do. And I was like, this is going to suck. And then like for him to like uh, really focus on the relationship that he had so much so that he dies. And I was mm. like, oh, wow, wow. I was actually genuinely surprised. I didn't think that that was what was going to happen. So it was actually really nice. Mm. How about y'all? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on a lot of really interesting points. I, I stole all of You them. did. I have, no- <laughs> I have nothing to add. Thank you. <laughs> he can't talk about Spider-Man forever. Certainly not. <laughs> uh, I-, I liked Dr. Octopus a lot. I think that she was really really interesting and i like how they even like called it out where it's like oh she's the head scientist and and the dad bought spider-man was all like step one re like we look at my 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 expectations you know yeah. like <laughs> and, <laughs> and we do that continually for that character it was funny I, I was listening to feminist frequency and they pointed out something i thought was really interesting was uh when they have the fight at aunt may's house aunt may is like live like she knows the Dr. Octopus, which is a really small thing, but mm. in the comics, at one point, Dr. Octopus was engaged to Aunt May. So they had what? a romantic relationship. <laughs> and so, like, seeing how that might be represented just in this one line, I think it's another fun Easter egg they, that they had, which mm. is, is really awesome. And all the ladies that I know that love ladies also kind of, like, had a thing for Doc Ock. This yeah. Time. <laughs> they were like, they're like, she she's giving those vibes. So I thought that was great. <laughs> 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 I thought that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciated it. It was, you're just so used to seeing the male mad scientist, mm. you know? And it was just cool to see this, like, genius scientist woman who, yeah, it's kind of evil. It's fine just causing mayhem, but is so, like, interested in, like, what she's doing and, like, pushing the boundaries of science and everything. Yeah, Yeah, but England had that, like, years before this movie. Um, It was called Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) (laughs) No one gets that joke. Um, (laughs) People at home are like, really? A politics, British politics joke? Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I liked um, Spider-Gwen, too. I thought it was really cool that, like, I've actually, I've never been a ballet person um it's just never something that i i really loved i I like dance in different ways but ballet wasn't like one of my favorites but i appreciated very much how with her character they had even her movements sometimes show that and again you didn't get to dive into her character that much but it showed multiple levels with her as well that she wasn't just this one kind of like you know smart spunky girl but she also like had this other side too that you wouldn't necessarily expect of of this superhero so yeah Yeah, and seeing her deal with the repercussions of losing her Peter Parker, who I think was, was again, something that mm-hmm. with this huge cast, they didn't have a lot of time to put into these relationships, but what they showed was really powerful, and I think it really did give her characterization and gave her a bit of a a 
an arc where, you know, the last bit of the movie is her calling Miles, her wanting to have a friend. And that's, I think, so special as well and, and was very well done. Yeah, the, the ballet thing was was not how she was in the comics. She actually kind of had more of a, a punk style. She wore like tennis shoes and stuff. But I think because they were kind of focusing on Miles' street style, they didn't, I think, want to kind of double up with her having a kind of similar trajectory, though obviously a very different kind. Mm-hmm. But I think that, as you mentioned, they did the, they gave that dancer background justice. They didn't just have to be a throwaway thing. Like they actually, from her design through her the way that she moved and the way that she fought, it was always part of who she was in a really, really cool way. I also really enjoy that she, like, made it to the, what was it called? The, like, the corporation. Oh, Roxxon? Yeah. That she made it there and was already, like, in way before the other two guys got there. She, she, she knew what she was doing. In a lot of comic book team-ups, like from Avengers to Justice League or whatever, there's always the one or two main people who are like always more overpowered and everyone else is really kind Mm. of just like needing help and they can't really do it without really that one. But this one, realistically, everyone was really talented, I guess because in the sense that like they're all Spider-Man, right? So like Mm -hmm. Spider-Man has to do all this stuff by himself. And so they were all able to do this by themselves. And when they did it together, it just kind of worked better, faster in a way. But it wasn't like that Miles couldn't have done this on his own or that Peter Parker from the other universe could have done this. You know what I mean? Or that Gwen couldn't have done this by her own. There's clear evidence that they all would have figured it out in their own way, but them working together just made it go faster. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, totally. they were all competent. Even, you know, the, the, the one who actually mentors him who there's a lot of kind of, you know, flabby jokes about him uh, throughout. But even he, like, the whole time, he's never, there's a few jokes about that, but it never affects his actual performance, you know? It's never like when he says, I will stay behind and get this job done, other people are like, can you, though? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, they all, and as being spider people, they all have each other's respect as that, and, and, and their competency is not questioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also was, when I saw, like, the preview for it, I was really skeptical of the Spider-Ham being Mm. in it. (laughs) Like, I was just thinking, how is this going to work? It's John Mulaney. It always works. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But it just, you know, it could have gone bad very easily. It just could have been terribly corny. Mm-hmm. But they did a really good job and it was funny. Even like his fighting style being so cartoon based where it's like, I have this giant hammer that somehow I'm able to do these impossible <laughs> things with. It just, yeah, they they paid a lot of attention to detail mm-hmm. in ways to just really enrich it and make it really funny and like fresh. Yeah, so I felt similarly with Spider-Man Noir. Uh, which Nick Cage was the perfect casting for. <laughs> but, like, in, in the comics, that, that Spider-Man is always been the one that, that I'm less enthused by because it is just, like, grim, dark, like, so upset all the time. And he was that, but they leaned into it in a way that was humorous. And so it, it, it fit in with the rest of the team in ways that they weren't laughing at him, but so he was being, like, just who he was, but it didn't 
it, it mel it meshed well with the rest of the team and was yeah just i think pretty well done also i think those type of characters helps being a part of a larger cast because you don't Absolutely. get too much of them also i don't know if any of you out there well actually i know at least two of you out there or three of you out there are artists but the art was amazing visually it's probably the coolest animated film i've seen i think how they seamlessly wove together different styles of art Mm -hmm. and really celebrated the comic origins but still made it very accessible and like they used it for humor they used it for artistic emphasis they used it for all of these different things and where it could just be so jarring because there's so much going on at different points like they just made it come together so well and i was just so impressed yeah i thought they did something really cool too was how on some scenes they did do the comic paneling Mm -hmm. styles which i have seen done over and over on movies and things like that and it always just doesn't look right it Mm -hmm. just doesn't fit and you're sitting there like ah this worked really well and it was really fun and Mm -hmm. i i think that you spend the whole movie watching and there's always just something new to see you don't really ever get used to it and that's just what's really exciting about the whole experience is that it's you never get settled Mm. Yeah, and I think that's an important part about reading comics, too, is, you know, you are reading something that does have images along with the words, and, and having a, you have to have a different kind of literacy to really pick up on everything that's being expressed in the art as well as the the text, and having that is a, is a really good point, because I think that, that that kind of keeps you on your, on your toes and keeps you engaging with that kind of literacy as well. Chris, do you have comic literacy on your resume? I don't. I should. That'd be pretty fun. (laughs) But definitely, you know, early on in the movie, you know, when he's in his room for the first time, he's like singing to himself. There's just a moment where he taps the pen against his neck and it just has these little like tap marks that you'd see in a comic. And yeah, it was done so seamlessly and so such a good flow. And I was just like. They did a great job with it, and and it was in small things like having like the kind of little dots that that the the comics were initially written, mm-hmm. dra- drawn through, and, and all these other types of things that just uh, was was amazing and compelling the whole time. And how it really takes hold when he transforms, you know, like once he gets those powers, it just kicks into gear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why am I thinking so loud? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. I have to say, you know, if people are like, oh, did you identify with Miles because he was black uh yes but i also identified with miles when he was singing his favorite song and didn't know the words yeah. that was very, that is so very me i'm like da, 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 da. yeah i love this song and yeah. people are like what and like, uh, i've literally had you answer the phone like while you're still like singing and there aren't words yeah yeah it's, it's just, just sounds but it's literally my favorite song <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing and i love too how brilliant he is like he is such a smart kid but he doesn't want to be at this school which i also love that he just in a very offhand way just calls out as being elitist mm-hmm. and so he's like gonna get every single question wrong because he knows all of the answers yeah i i appreciate that he has all of that but he doesn't always like how that separates in culture Mm. like people uh, along class lines right and and that you got a little bit of that i mean the the movie wasn't about that entirely but they put 
it in instead of just ignoring it, which I appreciated as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, his, his comment about, you know, I got in here because I won a lottery. Why, why do I deserve this more than anyone else? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I love Peter Parker, but that's not something Peter Parker would say. You know, Peter Parker would go to the science school and do great science and be talking, thinking about how he can do great science, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure he'd say, like, that he's lucky to do it, but he wouldn't have that same kind of kind of visceral reaction that Miles does uh, and, and kind of feeling like he doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the one spider person we haven't talked about is Penny Parker. Penny Parker! Yeah, so, Brittany, did you think that that was a, a good representation of a Japanese <laughs> spider person? Oh, Jesus! That's Is he. that swearing? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was the Japanese manga a good representation of Japanese culture? Wow! Um, I mean... You only get one per movie. <laughs> so. I think... I very much enjoyed her. Mm-hmm. She didn't have very much screen time, mm-hmm. um, which I'll talk about a little bit more if we go into like th- things that maybe we weren't uh, quite as excited about in regard to the movie. But I think, again, the fact that she was animated in a different style and the the ways in which her and her like moshing fought together did remind me when I was a child watching like Gundam Wing or something mm-hmm. of just how they're inside this machine and they're fighting and like sometimes it's kind of choppy and sometimes it's like just looking at them inside and sometimes it's outside and she's like eating her Japanese you know sugar candies which I remember having when I was a kid so like it definitely like harkened back to several things that I was familiar with and I felt like a kinship with but we didn't yeah get to see a ton of her character I did very much enjoy that her robot had very kind of classic anime style like face expressions mm-hmm. with the eyes and stuff that would happen as as well so I think I thought it was fun uh I think that they probably could have maybe done more with it but again her her character was uh, of even the supporting cast it was minor so yeah 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 but I, I think that you, you're you absolutely right that it fits really well within the style of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it is a distinct style that does get incorporated again really, really well in animation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, yeah, our... I don't know if we're done raving about it. I mean, or... we could go on <laughs> quite <laughs> a long time, Or if I'm there sure. was anything that... Or multiple things, whatever, that... Maybe Sounds like we you weren't have a laundry as fun. list. <laughs> oh, not a laundry list. Definitely not compared to most things. But yeah, I I was a little disappointed with Penny Parker in terms of when they were fighting. Yeah, I know that she seems to be like the youngest one, but like she didn't seem very strong. Mm. Like she was defeated super easily. And yeah, just didn't she didn't get as much time as the others did and she didn't get to be shown as really powerful to me it felt like she didn't even necessarily need to be there for them to still have accomplished what they did Mm. which i don't appreciate (laughs) um so i wish that yeah that they had shown her because so what she's small and young that doesn't mean she can't be super powerful that is one critique I have that I wish there was just a little bit more with her character and that she was shown to be, you know, a little more powerful than she was. Mm. Yeah. What about either of you? <sighs> Something I wish could have been done better. 
I was a little bit over the the kind of flabby jokes for for that Spider-Man, you know? I think that that there's a little bit of uh, fat shaming there. Yeah, yeah, I I could see that. I, the second time watching, I was like, mm, I would prefer like if they were gonna have the comments, maybe like one. But they I guess they were trying to kind of show also that like I don't want to be the person who defends making fun of fat people as <laughs> I am a fat person, but like I guess like they were they were not well, but trying to show the effects of depression. Depression, Absolutely. If that makes yeah. sense. Because, like, okay, they all have super bodies. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you are yourself, you're just whatever. And then you get bitten by a spider and you get super abs. We don't really see Spider-Man. I don't know if, like, the X-Men go to the gym. But Spider-Man doesn't go to the gym. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, like, mm-hmm. have to. But it was kind of more like we were. Sh- they were showing. And, like I said, not in an ideal way. But I think it was a very intentional thing to kind of show like he was letting go of something if that kind of makes sense yeah no i i totally agree and that's why like i'm not super upset about it because it did show he was just laying around all day because he was so depressed from what had happened in his relationship and you know who, who knows what else it could have been as well and yeah just seeing that he wasn't engaging in anything like the way Spider-Man normally does. And and then, yeah, kind of seeing him regain some of his motivation throughout yeah. was, I thought, was good. And so it sends him on a hero's journey. Mm. Um, much like everyone begins on January and then ends sometime in March. <laughs> when they don't, I don't know if they go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Begin on January and end on January 17th. Exactly. <laughs> um, for me, the only thing that I uh, wish was different was that this was a actual movie. Like, when is Miles Morales and Tom Holland going to hang out? Like, <laughs> like I no, I mean, yeah. like, I, I really enjoyed all mm-hmm. of the movie. And uh, I guess I'm just also very used to the representation or the kind of, like, progressive changes and stuff like that happening on, like, special edition comics or, like, things that are not canon You know, where it's like explicitly, this is not canon. Don't, you know, it's not the real world. Da 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 da. I'm like, cool, ha, black superheroes, girl superheroes, da 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 da, right? Like, but now, back to canon, right? So then, like, Mm -hmm. what happens in Marvel, I guess, right? When we go back to canon, it's still Peter Parker, which I adore Peter Parker. And, you know, um, Mm -hmm. if Tom Holland is listening to this, uh, please message me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like, like, the point is, is I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying that Peter Parker is bad. I'm just saying, do we ever get Miles Morales? Will we ever yeah. get Spider-Gwen, like, mm-hmm. in the MCU? Or yeah. is this representation, is this kind of, like, diversity only relegated to non-canon spaces, to... Uh, when it's like, oh, it was just a dream or it was a time warp reality where now mm-hmm. everything's back to normal. It's all the boys again. Does that mm-hmm. kind of make sense? Totally. totally. And I mean, even on a social level, like the fact that this is an animated film versus live action, that means that women and, you know, black actors and Japanese actors and stuff, like, they're not the ones getting these roles, like, in the in the live-action versions, because there's no live-action versions. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's that's significant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I, I was pretty frustrated with the announcement of, of 
kind of what they were doing with the Tom Holland one. I loved Homecoming. I think it was actually really good. But I think the, a good example is, is you know, his best friend in those movies, Ned Leeds, is they took the name of a character from the Peter Parker Spider-Man comics and then just gave that name to a character from the Miles Morales comics. Like, his best friend Gonky in Miles Morales' world is exactly who they made Ned Leeds in the oh. Tom Holland movie. So they just, like, took this character who, like, he's a good character. Like, I'm happy to have him in there, but, like, then they put gave him a, a Peter Parker name uh, or character name, and they, it just feels like, you know, if... If we agree that there are good things about the Miles Morales comics, why aren't we making a Miles Morales movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead of implanting those attributes into a Peter Parker movie, just kind of felt like... Well, also, Miles' really uncle is in Far From Home. That's true, yeah. Not Far a, From Home, I'm sorry. Homecoming. Uh, Homecoming, yeah. 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 That so, was I mean, a fun Easter egg. It was, it was <laughs> funny, but I guess that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh man, wouldn't it have been super cool if Miles was, like, at the end of that movie? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Or, like, in Far From Home, we have... You know, I don't know. The movie is not out yet at this time when we're making this recording. So <laughs> maybe Marvel will surprise us and Miles Morales shows up in this movie. But I guess what I'm just saying is like, come on, y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Absolutely. The, the... I'm fine with both Peter Parker and Miles Morales having an Asian best friend. Yeah. <laughs> they should both have Asian best friends. But yeah, don't just take parts and leave out Miles. Exactly. And... Yeah. And I think that the, actually the, the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man video game that came out last year did a great job of this, where most of the game you're playing as, as Peter Parker, but you also play as Miles for a little bit. And spoilers, at the end of the game, Miles gets bitten, and so he gets powers himself. And so if there are other sequel games, that's probably what they'll they'll deal with. Yeah, actually, if you mm-hmm. play the extended game, and there's updates and stuff like that. Did you know Spider-Man... brother worked on it? Oh, super cool. Yeah, my brother's in, is in QA for it. So, so. why didn't your brother he have you play the... Peter's voice? <laughs> I know, right? He made up some of the, what was it? Oh, some of the, the texts, or I'm sorry, the tweets in their like, oh, Instagram cool. thing. Yeah, did, he wrote some of them. He, he did the, the fake Jonah Jameson ones. Okay, so I have to call it out for my gay bros. Why did he use the grinder text message, though? Like, the colors? Did or... they? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... I don't believe that was my brother's choice, but that, <laughs> I really hilarious. hope that was intentional by whoever made that choice. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. In the video game, if you continue playing it on, because there are like, still updates being made for mm-hmm. it, then like he actually talks on the phone to Miles and is mentoring him, because Miles is like, well, when are you going to teach me how to do spider oh, tricks? And wonderful. Stuff? So mm-hmm. it definitely, I don't know if they'll be adding more new levels in the future or making another game, but it does, at least from the trajectory, Miles does seem to be an important part of that video game universe. And so I just would love to see these characters move into the canon, into the main uh, stream, right? I think we put a lot of these, the, the diversity that we see, mm. that is the side stream. It's not the MCU. It's like, yeah, it's part of the Marvel Universe. But like, like let's inject that. That'd be super cool. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and well, I mean, we do have Asian representation in the Avengers. Like, Scarlett Johansson has been going strong. For <laughs> oh, but like, we can do more. <laughs> and that's one of the really interesting things, too, you know, as a comic book fan is at this point, the mainstream is the movies, you know, that is where most people are getting their Marvel ideas from. This is where, where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. And so though Miles Morales is part of the main universe canon in the comics now and has been for years because he gained popularity there, because he's not in those live action movies, he doesn't still have that kind of notoriety. And so while some people could say, yeah, he is a Spider-Man 
you know, right next to Peter Parker. They work together. He's on the Avengers. He's on these kinds of things in the comics. That is only getting a readership of, of you know, few ten, tens of thousands of people, not mm-hmm. these millions of people who are going to see these movies. Yeah. But, I mean, I hope that the amazing response, like, the fact that it won the Best Animated Film at the Oscars, like, maybe people will start to make these other things because now Miles is going to have a following, like, like he hasn't had before. Which, so. which I love. And and yeah. hopefully not just Miles. You know, one of the, mm-hmm. the pitched, I don't know if they're in development for this or not, but sequels is for a Spider-Woman, Sp- uh, taking Gwen as Spider-Woman and teaming her up with some of the other Spider-Women from the comics. And, and that would be an awesome story as well. That That is, I think, one of one of my other concerns is that I, I'm not sure if this movie passes the Bechdel test. I doubt it. No, um, Aunt, Aunt May and Liv, they both have names and spoke to each other. That's true, but, but they, they said... Bar. Lois Bar. But <laughs> yeah. That is the bar. Two named characters that speak to each other. Liv. The end. Special touch pass. Feminism win. I consider a one line a win for feminism. Okay, so one thing that I was wondering about is did either of you two feel like they were just posing Gwen and Miles as friends or if they were trying to push something romantic I felt like they were trying to push something romantic and I felt that that was like not necessarily warranted because they didn't get to spend a ton of time together but I always feel like that I mean that's why I'm not the biggest rom-com person because I'm like okay you've known each other all of three days but I don't know how you two felt about it you only need to know Mr. Darcy for three days (laughs) (laughs) and then you're in love I thought that they definitely had uh, romantic tinges to it. You know, Mm -hmm, I think that mm -hmm. the whole hey thing with his uncle and the fact that he does that to her, like, (laughs) that was clearly that he was thinking of this as, like, there's a cute girl who, like, I can maybe see what's going on with. But Mm -hmm. I think that at the end of the the movie, the important relationship they built was a friendship. And that that was through her perspective of someone who doesn't have friends and Mm -hmm. he wants to be her friend. But I can see where those romantic tinges are coming in. They did hang out and, and have some romantic tension in the comics for a bit. So, okay. like, there's definitely some some context and foundation there, but mm-hmm. yeah. Under circumstances where it wasn't, where they weren't superheroes, <laughs> I think they would have had, like, a couple awkward dates and it would have been weird and then it mm-hmm. wouldn't have worked out. But mm-hmm. I think because they were superheroes who saved the world, they were just like, oh, cool, we're friends, and they didn't have to go into the love thing and then one day they'll save the world from a nuclear bomb and they'll be like oh let's make out because that was fun like but (laughs) but i just didn't feel like in this movie that it was super setting them up to be in a relationship like Mm -hmm. there are very clear aggressive ways that they could be like and then they're gonna date one day like yeah i kind of just felt like it was a little bit more like friends and then also how on earth am i supposed to get my homework done and save from you know viper or whatever you know like how are you going to do all that kind of stuff so <laughs> luckily we can hang out while saving the world <laughs> exactly exactly so <laughs> so are there any other thoughts any other questions oh last question part one is if you could go save the world with any of the spider-mans in their universes which one would you go save that's not miles because we're going to just all say he's the okay. best i'd probably go with penny i would probably go with with peter parker Still alive, Peter Parker. <laughs> I'd want to go with Chris Pine, Peter Parker. Like, <laughs> yes. 
And then, I would also be very curious to go into Peter Porker's world. Like, what would that be like? Well, there there's animal versions of every superhero. Um, unfortunately, it's Captain America and not Captain America. But, uh, Do they eat animals in that? That's world? a very good question. I, I assume everyone's vegetarian, except the villains. Yeah. Finally, where would you put Miles in the Hogwarts sorting? Because everyone wants to know that. Like, we can't do everyone, so we're going to just do Miles. Just Miles. Yeah. Interesting. Wow, okay. He definitely has some Ravenclawiness, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, smart, clearly seems to enjoy school, but he also is, like, very creative Mm -hmm. and, you know, witty. He might have some Hufflepuff in him. I think that he does seem pretty loyal to his family. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, seem really important. And also, uh, it seems like he has loyalty to his friends at his old school, too. Mm. So I think that that is probably strong. He definitely has some Gryffindor in him. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can go. I don't know how to use my abilities yet, but I'll go. Yeah, maybe he's more Gryffindor than he is Ravenclaw. Because I think a Ravenclaw would be like, let me sit here and figure out how to use all these abilities before I'm going to jump into danger. Yeah, I, get, I definitely see a bit of that. And he certainly, he is brave. But I also, I, I like his bravery because his bravery isn't entirely natural you know it's kind of that that neville style of bravery where he actually comes up against things that make him scared and make him unsure and he has to deal with the death of his uncle and how that affects him and what he's going to be able to do and how that might affect his powers and things like that and but he's able to kind of push through that and and find himself Mm -hmm. so yeah i'd I'd be comfortable with gryffindor or hufflepuff okay what do you think to break the tie i'm definitely gonna say hufflepuff i think even Mm -hmm. his bravery is loyalty inspired so he is like curiously looking sees peter blonde parker peter pine parker (laughs) (laughs) fighting bad guys and then peter parker's like i need you to do this thing and then he's like yes like it wasn't out of a sort of glory or bravery sort of thing it's like a loyalty to spider-man who saves Mm. the world every day he has a loyalty to his uncle even though his family is kind of like hey don't talk to his uncle you know i mean there's a loyalty there there's a loyalty to his parents where mm. he wants to keep that loyalty to all the spider people so like it just felt like loyalty was a core feature for miles to make any decision that he was making and so yeah some people are like well you are a hufflepuff major with a gryffindor rising or whatever whatever <laughs> but like the point is a rising gryffindor moon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what i'm saying is i think he's mostly hufflepuff i felt like his motivations would be hufflepuffian i can in- see it. yeah i could see it i could see it cool well i think i think we're gonna wrap up there yeah conclude so aaron thank you much so much for joining us today oh my yeah. gosh i had so much fun it was awesome thank you i love listening to the show and people should listen in and comment on Instagram. Super important. <laughs> and maybe you can join them sometime. Do you, do you want us to mention your like... Oh, um, sure. You guys can find me on Instagram or Twitter being really snarky and or talking about politics or Pokeballs at <laughs> Mr. Neuropolitan. Um, that's Mr. M-R Neuro N-E-U-R-O and then Politan P-O-L-I-T-A-N. I like to travel and I did a degree in psychology, so I thought that was witty. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) And yes, he is very brilliant. He has a lot of great content to share. So yeah, you should check him out. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. 
You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor-Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. And until next week, geek, geek out. out! Now you have to do it with us, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, don't forget to geek, geek out! out.